Hey, this is Derek D Train He2. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Lawnmower 3.0. Son, what are you doing in here? Yeah, no, nothing. Did I hear you say manscape? Yeah. Son, take a seat. I was gonna wait till you were a little older to tell you about this. When I was about your age, I experimented with manscaping. Dad? That won't happen with the new Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. It's made with skin-safe technology to help reduce against nicks and cuts. You can even shave your gooch. What's a gooch? Head over to manscaped.com and get yourself the Lawnmower 3.0. Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. Another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club, man. We got 106 tonight, already at 106, boys. Pretty crazy. We got all of the usual suspects sitting in the house with us tonight. We got our producer, Patrick O'Clarty Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And the local nerd, our IT guy, Robbie P. Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you doing? And the all-around sports guru, Derek D-Train! He too. What's up, DJ? What's up, sweetie? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark Bud, Dr. Morley. Oh, Doc. And folks, if you uh, didn't catch our Adam Fox interview the last time we had him on, before he had a lot of cash in his pockets and he became an all-star for the New York Rangers, check out Adam Fox interview with the Blue Liners tonight after our our hockey talk, we're going to revisit that just because he's become a superstar on the Rangers these days. And we want to give you a little bit of what we talked to him about um, before he's an all-star. All right, boys, let's get into it. Yeah, hockey, boys. It's been pretty fun. What a crazy game last night, huh? I mean, uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm on both sides of it. I think it's kind of ridiculous, but kind of as many uh, records that were broken was a little crazy, too. And with all those records being broken, I'm kind of, I kind of feel like, uh, I don't know, is there an asterisk there? Yeah, right. I mean, with the, um, with this pandemic, this weird season, it's uh, been weird for sure. Everything has an asterisk, right? I mean, wh- wh- what's it going to be? Yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't think you could ask for anything more, really. You know, with yeah. this un- unprecedented playoffs, you know, you, you, you want to see this kind of hockey. You want to see him battle. Um, you know, it was excruciating to go five uh, overtimes before you know, <laughs> no. he finally scored. But, um, you know, that's that's playoff hockey, you know. Those guys played two, almost two games, right? Almost a full day's work, man. It's like going to work at <laughs> 9 in the morning and getting home at 5 o'clock at night, for fuck's sake. I mean, it's – Seriously. You know, I mean, it was – there was a lot of chances, though. If you if what you paid attention to that game, there was a lot of scoring chances in those you know first couple of overtime periods. That actually, that you know a lot of people probably faded out you know and didn't didn't get to see some of those. A lot of the highlights didn't really show some of that stuff. But early in those first couple of uh, overtime periods, there were some good scoring chances that could have ended that game early. It was just yeah. ridiculous goaltending. You know, I mean, there was. It combined that with the fact that Columbus has played at, you know, I think at four, maybe their last six games have gone to overtime. Yeah, I could be, I'm talking about Columbus have gone to overtime. Um, you can fact check me on that one, but I think it's four of their last, four of the six 
four games in six yeah. nights, and they've had like overtime games and almost all. Yeah, so I mean they're gassed out. The fact that you know the game was as competitive as it was even in that you know fifth overtime was pretty pretty wild. Even though a lot of those guys were you know dragged, it was it was great. Pretty interesting yeah. game and hell of a goaltending and uh, Corpusalo, you know, he set the set set a yeah. record, man. 80, Eighty-five saves in a, in a single game. His his body must look like a fucking <laughs> uh, a golf ball, man. It must have been dimpled all over the place and popped all <laughs> over his body. But anyways, it, it was pretty wild. Like like you say, Pat, though, it's it gets it almost got excruciating. You're like somebody yeah. fucking score a goal for God's sake, you know what I mean? But it it was yeah. it was still a pretty pretty wild game. Yeah, it was like, uh, you know, Mark always says it when we watch the Lightning game uh, late nights that, uh, I mean, Lightning games, the wild games uh, late night and the intermissions are so long. It's like, what the fuck do we do? You know, I said, clean out the refrigerator, empty the trash. Um, This was the same thing. It was like I got up and I was like, well, let me, you know, you know, clean off the deck and maybe I can sneak back in and the game was over. But no, it kept going and kept going. But. You know, that was 150 minutes and 27 seconds of ice time that those those two teams um, played. Six hours and 13 minutes. Fourth longest playoff game on record in the league ever. That guys were logging 60-minute ice time. Yeah, and, you know, that's just shy of surpassing the Flyers and Penguins from uh, May 2000, which was even longer that was 152 minutes and one second. Um, so there's a bunch of records broken, like Derek, you know, talked about earlier. 85 saves in one game by Corpus Allo. Eight teams in NHL history to have at least 70 shots on goal in a playoff game since 59-60 season. The Lightning had 88 against Columbus. And, uh, and then Seth Jones, um, highest among the skaters, Last night, um, 65 minutes and six seconds, which is just crazy. He skated for an hour straight in the NHL. So you got to say in the NHL because that's a difference. So what a game, <laughs> though. Um, it's uh, – I don't know. It, it was – I think it was bad for um, the ratings of the NHL. They had to postpone the Bruins and uh, Carolinas, um, the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't know. Um, maybe – you know, this is just unprecedented. Maybe it's we we'll just have to deal with it. It's fine. Um, wouldn't it ramp things up? I mean, there's there's no fans. You're not you're not really putting anybody out. We're just well, we're that much more excited to to watch yeah, the. I, I mean, the the Carol the Hurricanes lost today, but you know, I was excited to see that game. Well, the thing is, they were supposed to play last night, right? And most people work. And, uh, you know, they were all excited. You got the grill going. They're smoking some pork. You got your beer on ice. Smoking pork. Fucking game. And they play it today at 10 o'clock when you're at work. So that, that probably yeah. pissed a lot of people off. Yeah. Yeah, the day games are fucked up. You know, that's the one thing I don't like about this situation is the day games. Uh, unless you're on vacation or work from home, you're not catching these, these day games. So that's kind of – yeah. Kind of shitty, and also you got teams playing the same rink was never happened before. So I mean, yeah, that that's the thing. You know, you guys remember in high school when we played in Utica, right? Uh, played multiple state championships. Utica, same rink. You got Division One, Division Two games going on, and uh, you know we play. Uh, Next, we're watching the game in the Zamboni uh, doors, you know, and uh, they're in this 
two overtimes and it backs everything up. Um, normally in the NHL, it doesn't happen. Obviously, they all got their own rinks, but uh, so we can, you know, you can kind of put that into the equation too. But uh, you know, they they definitely didn't think of that. Let's say that. Do you guys think they thought of that? That you know, holy, well, what if what if uh, Columbus and so and so Tampa go into five overtimes? Well, that's not gonna yeah. Happen. Yeah, yeah. The, the logistics team was definitely scrambling big time trying to figure <laughs> out what the fuck to do and yeah. how they were going to get shit going t- today. I'm yeah. sure that was a little bit of a nightmare for everybody that had to do the scheduling. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like I feel like a ton of these games have gone into overtime. I don't know if Rob can maybe they see have. what yeah, you're right. you know exactly what the <laughs> number is. I wonder wonder what you account that for. I mean, is it is it guys is it teams are playing kind of conservative for the first few periods or feeling each other out a little bit? I mean, I, I kind of wonder what that's all about or just competition's good and, you know, the slate's been wiped clean and, you know, there isn't anybody with a lot of advantage or, you know, uh, momentum going into these games. So it's kind of like, you know, teams are starting out pretty flat. I don't, I don't really know what the, what there is to, to uh, chalk that up to, but it's, it's yeah. kind of interesting. It, it's, it definitely is a, uh, a trend that's going on a lot of overtime games. And I guess that's good for people that are working because when you get home, a game that started at you know one o'clock in the afternoon or something like that, it's still going on when you walk in the door at four or something like that. So extended hockey. Yeah. yeah it's, the it's, Bruins it's definitely... and Hurricanes went into two OTs today and yeah. uh, the Bruins won, but yeah, that, that was a long game too. And you're right there. They, it is odd that there's so many OT games. I don't even know what to attribute that to. I don't, yeah, and some of the OT games are results of the the third period play, right? So, I mean, even the Wild, they blew a couple of games in their series to go into overtime and lose. Uh, they had games in the bag, and they gave up late goals, and teams going hard in the third to get that goal to tie it up and pulling the goalie. And, you know, we've seen that happen a couple of times, to pull a goalie, tie it up to go into overtime. Yeah. So, you know, we have seen some competitiveness and guys playing like it's their last period. So, you know, there's a lot of different – I mean, these guys are going hard. I mean, it's obviously the NHL playoffs, so, you know, it's – I think goaltending has a big thing to do with it, too. I mean, I don't think that – I think so. Obviously, the Blue Jackets, you know, don't go into five periods or five overtimes or whatever the fuck it is um, if the goalie doesn't stand on his head. I and mean, that's why they 80, won the – 85 saves to get to five overtime long. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. why they won the, the series with the Leafs, you know, goaltending, you know, so – you know, that's part of it. You know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say something about uh, seeing Zach Bogosian. Yeah. Uh, on the ice. You know, he, he's I playing he well for Tampa. He, he's playing well for Tampa. He's leading the rush. He's jumping into the play. He's putting pucks on net. He's yeah. physical. You know, as a Sabres fan, I, I can't help but feel pissed off. You know, but I, I'm very happy. Obviously, for Zach personally. Yeah, the yeah. Sabres put him in the AHL team, and he says, yeah, "Fuck, I, I mean, Tampa." What, what is going on there? <laughs> and, and he's logging ice time. It's not like he's the he's not like the uh, guy at the end of the bench that. Uh, well, that's what I mean. Is he's jumping in and he's contributing. He's a veteran. He knows how to play. He, he's playing quick hockey with everybody else. I mean, the 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 rest of those guys. He's, he's playing skating with stars. He's skating up there in the top pairing, I would say top two for sure. And like you said, Buffalo sent him to the AHL. Like really? <laughs> yeah. Well, and they got rid of Ryan O'Reilly, who who won a Stanley Cup. So 
you know, it's just devastating for a Sabres fan to be watching these decisions unfold. I mean, it's what like, were did, you thinking? Did they hire the, like, Dollar Tree manager? Or <laughs> that? It's probably the same guys running the bills. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Don't they own the same? <laughs> I'm telling no, you, but, I mean, both a, organizations. Devil's advocate here, though. I mean, I mean, we're all pulling for Bergogian. He's a local guy, and we love him, but you know, he does have a massive injury track record. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like from a G from a GM standpoint, at some point you got to like, you know, you got to make a decision. You got to shit or get off the pot. You know what I mean? The kid's full of talent, but He's you know, the, the, the injuries have piled up on him, but Hedman I, is still playing. Hedman is still playing by the way. He's, he's in the lineup. And I thought, um, so. I thought uh, you know, you watch him last night. I don't get to see a lot of Tampa Bay lightning games, you know, but I watched that guy last night, man. I would take him. I mean, he, he looked to me, like one of the most dominant defensemen I've ever seen in, in the league right now. You know what I mean? Right now, I mean, he's yeah. he's completely cont- – he takes over a game when he wants to uh, from the from the blue line, basically. It, it was uh, pretty impressive to watch him play. He's 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 definitely dominant for sure. Yeah. Bogosian, like you were saying, he, that is a big factor that he, he has gotten hurt numerous times, and um, it would weigh on my mind if I was a GM too, but – Man, he, you know, he was a first-round draft pick, wasn't he? Top five. Um, Atlanta Thrashers, I want to yeah. say third or second, to, second overall. To me, we, we've been talking about, you know, opportunity. And, you know, he, he does come with a little bit of baggage. But he's, he's landed in Tampa on a very fast team, a very skilled team. And, and as of the 2020 playoffs – he has jumped in and, you know, made his presence known so far. I, I, that's that's what I'm say, seeing so far. Yeah. What do you guys think okay. about the old uh, Capitals losing to the Islanders? Did you see that? Yeah, the Islanders scored four straight unanswered goals, yeah. Yeah, and they had a penalty kill goal. Um, they just looked really well. I, I was surprised. I didn't watch the game, obviously. I I, I do that work thing, whatever that is. What um, is that? But I caught the highlights, and uh, I see TJ Oshay had two goals. I don't know if you guys saw any highlights, but one, like, bounced off the backboards, and he was wide open. It was total lock. Like, he should have bought a lottery ticket. But the Capitals, to me, didn't, like, I, the highlights, I was waiting for Ovechkin on that left side to do a slap shot and see, like, at least – three shots on that. Didn't see that. Didn't see any Tom Wilson skating down or anything like that. It was all Islanders, you know, with Anders Lee and Bailey and Everly and Wilson got into a fight. Uh, I think it was tonight. I think it was, a, yeah, wasn't it a night before? Um, yeah, he's been fighting a little bit this year. I know he fought uh, someone against the Bruins uh, in the round robin, but yeah, I just, uh, you know, I think the Islanders, did we talk about them last year, how they, you know, they're not the team to mess with. They're kind of like the Hurricanes, right? They, uh, you, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, then the third goal uh, to go ahead in that game, there was a breakdown in the defensive end by the Caps, and, and that, would, that was a shorthanded goal for the Islanders. And it, was, it wasn't something that the Islanders brought the puck down on the outside and took a shot and scored. It was a breakdown in the defensive end, and the puck came yeah, out totally. front. You know, so there's some some fuck ups on the Caps to to lose that game. Yeah, I and I think the Caps are gonna come back strong here. That was game one, uh, lost four two. 
and the calves are better than that. So uh, this, that was just a rude awakening, and uh, they're going to definitely regroup. Although, like I said, the Islanders are – you never know. That's that's the one I'm going to keep an eye on right there. Is the Barry Trotz, man. Are. Barry Trotz is a good coach. Yeah. And he's got uh, you know, those guys rally behind him and stuff too. So they're they're a lunch pail team, you know. And the Capitals have got all the all stars and stuff like that. So yeah. uh, oh, one game doesn't make a yeah one game doesn't make a series. It'll be a good series. Um, we'll see who comes out in the end. But both those, it's kind. Of, I think it's a bad matchup for Washington, honestly. Um, just because I like I say, I think the the uh, Islanders are kind of that grinder kind of team that yeah. you know they're going to play that Barry Trot system and wear you out a little bit and hang around and. Um, you know, a team full of uh, all stars like the uh, like the Capitals are going to have have their hands full with the Islanders. Yeah, yeah, and, and the thing that Trotz has is that uh, he knows all those players, ninety percent of those players he, uh, yeah. he coached, so he knows all their weaknesses. So yeah, you know how to, you know how to beat them, how how to go after some of these guys, how to get under their skin. You know, he's got a little bit of advantage uh, coaching wise because he's coached most of these players, uh, you know, in practice every day. So I think that's a little bit of an advantage he has to uh, pull up his or out of his sleeve yeah. in this series. Yeah, I mean, it, you know a player that is easily uh, – you can antagonize him. Um, you know, the goalie gets pissed off if you, uh, you know, skate in the crease and give him whack on the pads. Uh, Trotz knows all that, right? So that is a little leg up for him. But I, I'm really interested in uh, – you know, obviously I got the Canes here. Uh Hopefully the Hurricanes, the Wilds out, so the Canes, my number one team um, that I'm rooting for. But Vancouver and St. Louis is uh, another series that uh, they play tonight at 10:30, uh, game one. I think that's going to be. Uh, <laughs> I'll be sleeping for sure, but uh, that'll be a game yeah. to watch too. Uh, see what happens. I think the Blues are going to take that. But yeah, just to touch on the Canes series, they. Um... You know, the Pasternak line, I think as Bergeron scored the goal in overtime to win yeah. that game, they stepped up. I mean, that's the line that everybody talks about in the Bruins. They're stepping up in the playoffs. But the thing that I took from it is Mrazic, right? So is he the guy that they they want to play? I mean, the, the last game of the previous series, he wasn't in. And um, what's what's the backup's name, Pat, who played awesome? Yeah. yeah. Reimer. Reimer, Reimer, yeah. Reimer, he, yeah. He stood on his head, had a stellar game to, you know, pretty much win that game for them. Um, I'd like to see him in that. I'm not a huge Mrazic fan, you know, so we'll see what they come back with the next game. I kind of agree with you there, Mark. I, I, that was the question mark for me. They're, they're coming back with a Mrazic start. I, I wasn't quite sure what was going on there. I, I do think Reimer has won that. Uh, at least, you know, with the momentum in the locker room with the guys, I would think, you know, they're going to play for Reimer right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Pete. I think Reimer going forward. Not that it was Mrazic's fault or anything, but uh, I think I, Reimer it's just played that well. It's tough for Roddy. They're both good goalies. Um, you know, it's kind of like a crapshoot, which one to throw out there and hopefully get lucky. But I think the best luck's with. Uh, Reimer for sure. Well, it, it's the Staylock and Dubnik situation. Dubnik yeah, same was thing. The same solid thing. number one, and Staylock got fired. You know, he, he you know, was it? Yeah. It's the same situation. Yeah, he got those. The guys played uh, tougher in front of him, and um, that's what happens. Um, yeah, sometimes I, I, it's just what's needed. You know, you you have to you have to deal with it. Yes, sir. 
it's why you want the two goalie system. You you never know which one it's it's going to be the you know the starting system and when it when it goes you you got to go with what's going. Well, well, it keeps both your goalies on their toes, right? <laughs> they 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 want to both compete to each other. It's not the Eddie Belfour, the uh, Andy Mogues that play the whole fucking game game and all the season, right? It's, we talked about that numerous times. It's two goalies now and they split the time. Uh, sometimes you get a goalie in the NHL that plays three games in a row, and if they play three in a row, you're like, holy shit, this is his third game. Um, that's how it is now. I think yeah. we need to make a. I think we need to make a blue line hockey club shirt that says, "When it goes, you got to go with what's going." <laughs> I love it. When, 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 it? Go with it. when it goes. Hey, when it's going, you got the abs going like a motherfucker. They're beat, they beat up on them. In the middle of a game, and something is working. You, you. I know it. I know what you mean. You know what I'm saying. Is this the definition? We gotta put the definition on the back of the shirt. When it goes, you gotta go with what's going. <laughs> so yes, speak about going. We got the Avs that beat the the Yotes three zero. Stellar performance on that first game. Obviously, the Coyotes are a pretty good team um, with those pickups in the uh, in the beginning of the season with Halsey and uh, Hot Dog Boy. But we had uh, Kadri Ratnan, you know, getting on the sheet early. Um, yeah, you know. Just show Drew Bauer them. got a shutout. Um, yeah, huge. Coyotes can put puck in the net. Obviously, Drew Bauer stood on his head. Uh, Ratnan gets a goal. Kadri gets a goal. JT Comper gets a goal. You know, they're, they're that's stuck. a tough series right there to draw Colorado. Colorado's fucking sick. They're gonna win the cup. That's who. That's where I put to win the cup. I've been saying that. I mean, yeah, we'll see. The other game is the uh, going on right now is the Canadians and the Flyers. The Flyers are up 1-0 on the Canadians. I think as far as the Flyers go, that was a huge pickup to play the Canadians. I mean, out of all the teams they could end up playing, I think that series is probably two of the, you know, lower caliber teams. I mean, I don't know if that's – I mean, those are those are the teams I'd want to play against. You know, we got Carey Price and that has been playing really well. But, the, you know, the Flyers are a hot team, but – they're not the Lightning. They're not the uh, Avalanche. You know, they're not the Bruins. Um, but so they, they made Flyers, some noise, though, Mark. I would say the Flyers are good. I've been, you know, Flyers made some noise. You know. they're, they're really good. Provorov yeah. got a goal. It's one nothing right now. Uh, six minutes left in the second. Um, you know, got Carter Hart, um, who's, you know, yeah. before the pause, I mean, the Flyers were on fire. I think they had the best record in the NHL. And you got Carey Price on the other end. But you're right, Mark. To me, it's not that flair team that everyone – it's not that flair series that everyone – If I'm the Flyers, I'm happy that I pulled the, the Habs as a the team. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, for sure. On, yeah. pa- on paper, for sure. Yeah, I mean, on paper, yeah. it looks like it's a, a good matchup. Yeah. yeah. So, sure. I mean, that will come down to goaltending, just like Carey uh, Price in the last series. What do you think? I mean, if you're a Rangers fan, I mean, how you're looking at the playoffs right now and like you see Torts, like he has nothing but a lot of success, right? You got Elaine Vigneault for the Flyers still going strong. You know, it, I I looked at that myself as a Rangers fan. I was like thinking to myself, what the fuck, man? Like, I mean, you, we discard players. You got uh, McDonough down in uh, Tampa Bay contributing big time. JT Miller's out there you know, who was gone from the Rangers. I mean, I know they did a massive rebuild there, but it makes you wonder, like, you know, obviously it wasn't coaching, you know what I mean? Because the two co- two past coaches gone on to have a hell of a lot of success and they're still playing right now. So 
Yeah. Um, that it, it, to me, Robbie talking about the Sabers earlier, it's it's kind of frustrating actually as a Rangers fan. You see some of that stuff going on too. So. Yeah, I think yeah. we can all, for every team, say say that you know. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I do I do hear you, Derek. But with that said, you know the the Rangers committed to rebuild in 2018. Like the GM, uh, they got a new coach with David Quinn, and uh, you know that rebuild has just amplified or expedited or whatever expedited. Expedited. It's another hockey club shirt, yeah. After like the last 14 months, I mean, they got Capo Caco. uh, Now they got the number one pick. Horseshoe Um, up their ass. They had the prize free agent that they picked up that everyone wanted with Panarin. I mean, these guys, um, who's going to have an MVP season? I mean, he has before the pause. And it's just, you know, really good. No, you're right, Pat. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they're they're ahead of the curve, really, too, on that rebuild. For sure. You know, they really sure. are. Just from the you know, you just look at these other coaches. You know, obviously, you know, these co- coaches are good coaches, and they're. I'm glad to see them having success elsewhere. But you'd love to see the ring. I guess I guess I got a little bit of uh, jump the gun there with the Rangers because they are a little bit ahead of the curve. You're right. Yeah, and they got the goalies, and they got. I'm telling you, in in two years, in two years. Yeah, oh, yeah. The Rangers are going to be that team. Who are going to go deep into playoffs for three, four, five years, like the Pittsburgh Penguins did? Like seriously, yeah. you, you know, you're going to be that good. That's they that's one it. way to look at it. I, I'm I'm thinking, you know, Panarin right now, who left Columbus, who is, uh, you know, watching Columbus go into, uh, you know, the the first round of playoffs, make it in, uh, you know, Torts. Flipping out, you know, he, he might have been on to something when he was, you know, rightfully pissed off to lose Bobrovsky and to lose Panarin, Panarin yeah. to lose Duchesne, to, lo- to see those guys leave and look at them. They're not in the playoffs, and guess who is right now? Yeah. yeah. Good segue there, though, Mark. Why don't you talk about the, uh, you know, uh, the draft lottery? Yeah, like I was just saying, the fucking Rangers with the horseshoe up their ass. I mean, I, I mean, who would have thought they'd get another number number one pick? And you know, <laughs> just to talk about the rebuild, you know, so now you got two number one picks that you can pay them peanuts, which we say, you know, seven hundred thousand dollars is peanuts yeah, for peanuts. three three years. I mean, that's yeah, huge for their exactly. salary cap too, because you know, these these number one picks usually come right in and play the next year. They're not playing in the AHL. They're not going back to college. You know, so you got these guys coming in, contributing, you know, not Capo didn't have a great season, but, you know, they're paying them, you know, yeah. entry level salaries for three years. So that's kind of huge, too, you know, for because the, they did make some uh, big moves with Panarin and spent some money. So I think that's big for that team, too. And yeah, in the wild, I mean, they're going to get two picks, right? While yeah, they're going to get two picks, the, I think the Penguins have until, I don't know, the next <laughs> day or two to decide whether they're going to give up this year's pick or next year's. Um, so they're going to have two first round picks or, you know, first top 12 or something like that. Yeah. And talk about the pick, you know, the number one pick who was supposed to go is Alexis Lafreniere. He's a native of Quebec. We're all pretty close from Quebec. You know, we cross the border and we're right on the uh, border. Of Ontario, Quebec. I mean, 
right on the border of Ontario and Quebec, there's the uh, what's that Peelers Club, Rob? The white horn <laughs> one there on the right. Barley, you know it? Right. What the hell is the name of it? Anyways, but this kid is too drunk to remember. He's six one. He he led the QJ with 112 hey, points. Something like that. He led the QJL with 112 points in 52 games. That's 112 it? points in 52 games before the season was canceled. So it's you know, he, still, he still had uh, a game to play, earning him the Canadian Hockey League Player of the Year for the second straight season. And he, this kid is, you know, he's going to be a stud. And he only that the only other player to do that, have that honor, is Sidney Crosby. And he won the award twice. He averages 2.15 points per game. He was the MVP of the 2019 World Junior Championship, collecting four goals and six assists in five games. I mean, this kid is top notch. And, you know, obviously the Rangers are, you know, saying, well, we don't know what we're going to pick yet. Uh, you know, obviously they, they, they won the first pick, but it's like, they haven't said who they're going to pick yet, but we all know who they're going to pick. So uh, this kid is, this kid is, uh, you know, I heard a bunch of people saying analyst, uh, Craig Button, we had on the podcast before. Um, it's not the deepest draft, but this kid is like a, uh, you know, Cindy Crosby, a, a Ovechkin, a Connor McDavid kind of kid. And, you know, with Mark and Derek and who's Rangers fans, like you guys should be, Really, really excited. And to Mark's point, now they got Capo and they got Lafreniere on entry level contracts. Yeah. For three years. You have some room to build around them, too, you know, to keep to yeah. get some free agents out there, too, still and have those young bucks. Uh, they kind of compare him to, to Crosby because, in a way, they say his, his hockey IQ is off the charts and stuff like that. And they're saying that it's just one of those players that. Um, you know, we've all played against a couple of those, you know, some of those guys over our hockey careers when we played, you know, it's just somebody that gets on the ice and like it instantly makes you nervous, you know, like you don't yeah. even, you like got to have a body on him. Somebody's designated to take care of him, you know, like, but he's one of those people that every time he's on the ice, you're just afraid something crazy is going to happen. He's, he can make something special happen every time he steps on the ice. And you know, that, that those are rare breeds no matter what sport it is, but this kid, uh, you know, he played for the same. He played right for the same de- in the Quebec League for the same team that uh, Crosby played for, right? Too. So, yeah. uh, um, it's uh, it's interesting to hear the comparisons. And um, as a Rangers fan, I'm pumped, man. I, I saw some saw some videos and stuff on Twitter of like Rangers fans when they saw that little uh, golf ball come up or whatever with the Rangers yeah, yeah. ping pong ball, ping whatever pong the fuck ball, it yeah. is, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, come up and they were just like, you know, there's diehard Rangers fans like fucking screaming at the top of their lungs, freaking hugging their dogs and cats and children and everything else so that's cool yeah yeah i mean it's exciting for sure and i hope uh you know like when you look at it i'm looking up capo here he had 66 games played he only had uh 10 goals and 13 assists right so you know huge huge uh you know he's going to be the best player last year he's going to be you know the next uh sid crosby like we're saying right now but you look at guys like Quinn and fucking McCarr with 60 fucking points this year as rookies, yeah. you know, as defensemen, right? So, you know, we can say all this shit now. We just hope these guys produce, right? I hope uh, Capo is this 40 goal or, you know, 40 point guy next year. And, and you know, yeah. to see these other rookies 
you know, like McCarr and Quinn as uh, defensemen putting up those kind of numbers, you know, it's, it, sometimes these guys get overlooked. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that's a good point. Interesting. I mean, just I, I would have thought last year that Capo would have more than 26 points, right? You know, yeah. but you never know. Yeah. And, you know, that whole system and, you know, it's a whole different whole different ball game playing in New York City, right? If he, you know, it is possible that if he was playing in uh, uh, Dallas or uh, San Jose that it would have been a little different. But uh, it's just big spotlight. And, and to what Derek was saying, that he's the kind of a player that uh, you just don't know what's going to happen. I just wanted to say he's that type of player where he's so good and uh, when you're on warm-ups, even if you're uh, Panarin or Capo, you're kind of looking over to see what he's doing. You know, that he's that sure. kind of player. Uh, yep. Seeing how he takes a shot or seeing him stick handle, um, that's how nasty he is. So it's huge for the Rangers. Um, we're hoping to get David Quinn on the podcast to talk about. I'm sure he won't elaborate on the pick because he'll have to uh, act like he's. they don't know if they're going to pick him, but I'm hope, we're hoping to get uh, uh, David Quinn on the podcast to uh, talk about the Rangers um, going forward and the dynasty that uh, he could be a part of. Who got the second pick? And the L.A. Kings. The Kings, okay. Yeah, I feel bad for Ottawa and Detroit three and four because they need a pick bad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Those two teams need a one-two bad, especially Detroit. Yeah. You know, so it's it's. Kind of crazy how they do the lottery system, but you see a team like Detroit barely win any games. You think that they deserve that number one? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean they all had 12.5 percent to get the first pick, and uh, the Rangers got it. You know, see Ottawa. Ottawa gets uh, three and five. So yes. let's see what happens with that. I mean they got a three pick from San Jose, um, and then you got Anaheim at six, Jersey at seven, Buffalo. Pete picks up the eight pick. So they're all going to be pretty good players in that top eight. Buffalo should be able to fuck that one up, right? I mean, the eight. Let's send, send them to the A quick. That wasn't worth the, the bad season we had. Well, they had, what's it, Rasmus, Dahlin? I mean, what do you think of that? That was their, like, you know, first round all-star. Gonna be the I next mean, there's fucking... so many questions in Buffalo. I'm, I'm somewhat glad that there was such a shakeup. I mean, Somebody else, and these guys got to do better than what was going on there. Yeah. <laughs> Who thought it was okay to get Re- Ryan O'Reilly out of there? Yeah. I mean, Bogosian. I, I, I'm still just kind of like, those aren't decisions I would have made. I bet Bogosian's happy going to a team like Tampa at the end of his career. Chance oh, to sure. Sunshine walking into the, the rink and flip flops. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. Well, just to recap real quick before we go here, boys, we got the um, now up 2-1 and 30 seconds left in the second period. So 20 shots for the Canadians, 18 for the for the Flyers. So um, looks like the Flyers goal is playing pretty good. And uh, we got a game tonight we talked about briefly with the, the fucking Vancouver game, isn't it? Yeah, Vancouver plays tonight, St. Louis, 10-30. St. Louis, Louis, yeah. Robbie's on the West Coast. He'll be staying up for that one, and he'll be doing uh, reports live if you want to follow him, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram. So just he'll be doing live Instagram feeds. Yeah. And we had the Calgary Flames uh, stars. So we didn't talk about that game. Um, game two, that's going to be tomorrow. So Yeah. 
A lot, of, a lot yeah. of fun games. I'm excited. We all got our brackets in. I uh, um, NHL Network had a bracket going on. I got Avalanche winning. Um, I'm going to win the million dollars, and then uh, we'll go from there. We'll regroup. Who you guys? <laughs> so Pat's got Pat's got Avalanche winning the cup. Rob, who you got? I had Carolina coming out with it. Marley, I have the ass too. I got. Uh, I've got Columbus. Columbus right. too. Abs and the Canes. All right, boys. Get the oxygen on the bench for the fucking lightning in Columbus. All right, boys. We've got a pretty hot playoff season here. We've been waiting a long time to get this uh, playoff thing going here. We got in 2020, so good stuff. We can't wait to keep talking about it next week. And uh, don't forget to stay tuned here for the Fox interview coming up right after this. All right, boys. Another good one in the books for the Blue Liners. Till next time, keep your stick on the ice. Tell you. We know. Oh, doctor. Yeah. Keep your head up. And we have special guests with us tonight, Adam Fox. Adam Fox is currently with the Crimson at Harvard. Adam, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, man. Good, good to have you on the blue line. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you're right into the thick of things that, uh, Going back to school and going to class and all that shit. Yeah, we actually just had our first day of classes yesterday, so kind of getting back into the rhythm of everything. Uh, this must be an experience going to Harvard. I mean, none of us even came close to that in our uh, collegiate career, so it must be an intense academic uh, life at Harvard, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's a lot of uh, smart kids in the classes here, and, uh, you know, it's Definitely tough at times to keep up with them, but, you know, you, you manage. Nice. So what's it like? I mean, are the girls fucking super smart there, too? Or is it, like, they're kind of nerdy, or what's up with that? Uh, uh, there's a few. I mean, there are uh, <laughs> definitely some smart ones, definitely some uh, some others that are around here. But, it's uh, you know, you're right in Boston, so you don't have to, you know, worry too much about that aspect. So yeah, what, I, what are most of the guys on the team? Do they date Arbor checks, or are you dating, like, yeah, no, we actually, uh, we have a lot of guys who date uh, girls in the lacrosse team, you know, guys who are other athletes, you know, kind of keep it within the family, it seems, but uh, <laughs> it's definitely, uh, you know, common for, you know, guys on uh, one team to date some girls on some other sports teams. Pass them around. So, yeah, I went to uh, UMass, Amherst, and we used to go play Harvard in lacrosse, and, you know, we'd go up there and we'd say, we're playing the fucking smock kids today, you know, we were just baseball. <laughs> State school bullies coming into Harvard, but they always had a good crew. Their lacrosse team was always pretty good there. We had a good time. So, I mean, the Harvard hockey program has been phenomenal lately. You know, how are you guys looking this season? Yeah, I mean, we're looking pretty good, obviously. You know, every year it seems you lose guys and you kind of wonder how, you know, the incoming freshmen will, you know, play how guys will play, you know, after having a year of college under their belt. So, you know, we obviously have some skilled players, some guys who were, you know, drafted pretty high and some guys who have done well, you know, throughout their college careers so far. So, you know, we're looking pretty good and pretty excited to get going. So you have the loss of Ryan Donato um, leaving the squad. That's got to hurt a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, you know, he's a great player. And, you know, like I said, it seems like for us, we kind of lose a high-end guy each year. You know, obviously, my freshman year, we had guys like Alex Kerfoot, who, you know, had a great rookie year and stuff. And the year before that, they lost, uh, you know, VZ. This year was Ryan, so you know we uh, you just got to find a way to you know play without those guys and you know kind of come together as the group you have. 
Adam, who are some of the young who are some of the young freshmen coming in that we should be watching for? Uh, we got you know two kids that were drafted. You know, Jack Jack Curry went uh, second round to Carolina, and Jack Rathbone I think went fourth round to Vancouver. So uh, those are definitely two guys to watch out for. I know there's a couple other incoming freshmen that had uh, some good USHL careers and you know BCHL careers. So uh, definitely those some guys to look out for that. Were you uh? Were you thinking about leaving this season, or was it you coming back the whole time? Was that on the, uh, on the plate? Yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty set on coming back. Uh, you know, obviously, it's not a you know tough decision to choose to come back. It's you know it's Harvard. It's a great place for me, and you know for me, I didn't know if I was ready to make that jump just yet. So I think there was always a you know pretty pretty high chance I was coming back for this year. So. When I heard when Donato left, he was actually taking classes at Harvard while he was playing for the Bruins. Yeah, so he would. Uh, I mean, it was pretty fortunate for him as to how close, obviously, Boston. You know, all their facilities. You know, he's from here, so it was, it was pretty easy for him. But yeah, he would uh, come back, take classes like in the afternoon, and then you know head back and go to practice or something. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, Good for him. that Harvard education will take you pretty far in life in case you break your leg or yeah, something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so Adam, he, uh, well, I, I'm just going to say, why, why don't you just explain or, or you know, describe your, your path to, to Harvard and, you know, getting to play for USA and, you know. Strong yeah, Island yeah, boy. So, Long Island boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long Island boy. Uh, I heard you guys had uh, McAvoy on this earlier, so. Got yeah. a good Long Island crew. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I played with, uh, you know, him, Jeremy Bracco uh, growing up. I played for Long Island goals pretty much my whole youth hockey career, you know, played against, uh, you know, Jordan and, and uh, those guys at Chad growing up. And, you know, and then luckily enough, you know, I was able to make that NCDP team and play there for two years. And, you know, I've uh, been lucky enough to play on those World Junior teams too. So, you know, it's obviously been fun to be able to, you know, play with a lot of high-end kids, you know, from youth hockey, too, and just see where everyone's at now. It's, it's pretty fun. So, you're kind of a, uh, I guess, you know, what you see in drafting in the NHL now is, you know, a little bit of a, I guess in, in our world, you'd say it's a little bit smaller size defenseman, you know, being 5'11 or something like that, 180 pounds. Um, how do you see, you know, how do you see, uh, do, you see do you see your size as, like, kind of the, the up-and-coming thing in the NHL as far as defenseman goes. I know you have great vision and things like that that go along with it, but uh, you want to speak a little bit yeah. about that? Yeah, for sure. I think there's definitely, you know, a, a shift in the NHL in the past few years, you know, not as much size and, and you know, uh, you know how strong you are and the hits you can throw, but it's all about speed and skill. And, you know, I think that plays perfectly for the way I want to play. You know, just the offensive defenseman is, you know, obviously it's a big role today. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of sought out in the NHL and, I think that definitely plays to my life. You know, the game's had a big shift in the past 10 years. That definitely benefits me. You kind of model your game after anybody growing up? or uh, I loved watching Nick Lindstrom growing up. I mean, I was just, you know, so amazed by some of the things he did. And obviously, you know, he's one of the best defensemen ever. So it's, you know, it's a pretty easy guy to, you know, grow up watching and really enjoy. Nice. So do you golf at all, Adam? Yeah, I do. I actually uh, – Golf a bit this summer, you know, I kind of started playing like three years ago, but this summer is really when I, uh, you know, started playing a lot, a couple times a week. How How's your handicap? You pretty good or are you just getting into uh, this? It's, all right. it's, it's inconsistent. It has to change, <laughs> but 
Um, more bad than good, but it's uh, it's getting there. I'll, I'll tell you my handicap when it's when it's a pretty good one. Yeah, we'll join the club. We're all inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love going to play golf with a guy who's like fucking 300 pounds and, you know, big fat piece of shit and he kicks my ass in golf. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know, I, I know I'm a better athlete argument. than this fucking guy. Yeah, I had an argument with my dad if uh, golfers are athletes. That, uh, pretty <laughs> my dad's not the most fit guy and he's pretty good at golf, so I think it's kind of an argument about that. That's a good, that's a good argument. That's, that'd be a tough one to uh, come on top with. Yeah, it drives yeah, me fucking know, crazy. He, uh, yeah, it's, it's very annoying. Talk about your outlook on the uh, upcoming season at, at Harvard, man. It, it's uh, we live in. Uh, I mean, a majority of it. Well, three of us live pretty close to Canton, New York, where St. Lawrence University plays, and so we'll watch you. You know, at St. least Lawrence once this Clarkson, year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll watch you play this year. So, tell us about your outlook uh, this year. Obviously, your goal probably is to win the ECACs, but talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think for us every year, you know, since I've been here, we kind of have a. Uh, you know, a goal in mind of at least making the national uh, tournament. So, uh, obviously, you know, you want to put yourself in a position at an at-large bid, you know, just in case you, you end up not winning your conference so that way you can still qualify for that. But, uh, you know, I think we have a lot of skill this year. You know, it's, it's a lot of guys who are going to step up. You know, we had some good freshmen last year and uh, some good freshmen that are coming in. And, you know, obviously we have upperclassmen with a lot of experience, you know, uh, a lot of games under their belt, so I'm I'm very excited. You know, I think we're gonna have a good year, and you know I'm pretty pretty excited to get started. Yeah, there was a, I think it was a top twenty that just came out last week. ECAC wise, I think Clarkson was in there, Harvard, and who else was up in there for the ECACs? Um, Cornell is usually up there. Yeah, yeah, Clarkson had a really good year last year too. So I think they're returning a yeah, bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, they were the ones that uh, knocked us out of the ECAC tournament. In Lake Yeah, they uh, we had a four-one lead and ended up losing five-four in overtime. Oh no! Rough. Who's between the pipes for you guys this year? Michael Lack is going to be our goalie. He uh, he played a few games last year and it was good for us. He had you know double hip surgery like my freshman year, so he, uh, you know didn't get a lot of no chances then obviously to do that all year. But you know last year he played some games. It was it was pretty good for us. He's in the. He's from National Development Program, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played on that NTDP team. I didn't know he had bilateral hip surgery. Yeah, he had uh, after his freshman year, so he all sophomore year he was just kind of recovering. Tougher goalie, damn. Yeah, um, so he's uh, he's doing better now. So you're with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes now. Yeah. Your right rights got traded from Calgary. At least. Uh, you can wear flip-flops now to uh, practice or first half of the year. Yeah, I went there for development camp, and it was uh, it was definitely a little hot, hotter than uh, when I was up in Calgary. <laughs> what was the development camp like? Uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, they make it you know they make it pretty tough. It was uh, you know a lot of skating, and they had us doing off ice workouts and, and all that. But it's always pretty fun. You know, you're hanging out with you know a bunch of guys around your age and. And you get to know some of the prospects, draft picks, and, you know, overall, it's, it's a fun time. A lot of changes in Carolina with new coach and, uh, you know, some changes in the front office. And was, uh, you get to meet all the, the new crew in Carolina when you were down there, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, they were kind of preaching to us about that, how, uh, you know, they're trying to get a real culture change going there. You know, they've missed the playoffs for, 
a couple of years, at least a couple of years now and and uh you know they're trying that to, obviously they, they got rid of the, some guys brought some guys in you know obviously the coaching staff so uh they're going in the right direction and you know they got a, a whole re- new regime there that i was you know fortunate enough to meet at development camp so it was pretty nice yeah, with the new coach, uh, Rod Brendamore there, uh, we grew up watching him in the NHL, so that's a big motivation factor for uh, the Hurricanes to uh, motivate their players, I guess. So um, I'm pretty excited, and like you said, they got some, uh, you know, Dougie Hamilton came over. They got some pretty good guys on defense, and uh, I'm sure they can't wait to get you up there. Yeah, no, it's definitely, you know, looking good there, so pretty excited. Yeah, speaking to that, um, as a defenseman, you were um, an All-American the last couple of years at Harvard. I mean, that's a pretty big feat to come in and be an All-American your first year. Uh, also on the All-Rookie team for ECAC's All-Tournament team. You know, you had a had a pretty stellar career so far. Um, you know, as far as goals for this season, um, I think you've you've uh, reached many of them in the past. So, do you have any personal goals that you're trying to reach for your junior season? Hobie Baker. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously for me. Um, <laughs> You know, coming into my third year now, I want to be a, you know, pretty dominant player in college. You know, obviously, you know, I want to be in that Hobie conversation and, you know, goals like that. But uh, just for me, I mean, some stuff's out of your control. So, I mean, just for me coming in, you know, playing my best, like, every game is, is really all I could do. But, you know, obviously, to, you know, hopefully be in the Hobie conversation. Uh, you know, obviously, like you said, I want to, you know, repeat as an All-American again and, and you know, have keep those high standards for myself. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Those are some of the goals and shoot for. Well, I, I think you, you don't have to worry too much. You just uh, do what you do, and um, you'll be fine. Um, with you know all those um, awards that you've won, going to a development program, going to Harvard. Is there anything you can't do? Like, are you bad at anything? Did you play any other sports or anything uh, growing up? Uh, yeah, I played. You know, when obviously when I was real young, I played a bunch of sports, but. You know, when I was in high school, I uh, I played lacrosse. I played a little bit of soccer, but when I got to like tenth grade, it was it was all hockey. So I haven't haven't done much of those in a while. So can't imagine I was good as I once was. Do you have any uh, Do you have any sort of rituals or anything before your games? Uh, no, I mean I'm not a real uh, superstitious or you just lace them up you know, and whatever. get out there and go at it. Yeah, yeah, just. Try and enjoy myself. Show up to the rink. You know, I don't. I don't like to get too much in my head before games. I like to, you know, keep it loose. So I don't want to you know, get in my own head before a game if I don't tape my stick the exact, you know, way or at the, at the exact time. <laughs> hey, hey, we're just play bad. So, get yeah. beat, beat off before the game. So. <laughs> that, that's what Mark used to do before every game. Yeah, uh, loosen up, loosen up. In the locker in front of everybody. <laughs> hey do you have like a defensive partner lined up that you know you're going to be playing with or are you going to get stuck with a freshman because you're uh one of the better defense around the team yeah i mean honestly i don't know they, they change it every year i think you know we don't play our first game till like end of october so we got you know almost two months to you know sort some things out so i mean we haven't gotten anything yet but you know it's it's hard to guess right now it's just kind of some new new guys coming in and some guys leaving so interested to see what they do so uh before we let uh anyone go we usually go around the horn and ask a few random questions and then uh we'll let you go so i'll go first 
do you play Fortnite? I actually recently got into it. I got an Xbox this summer, and it was like so. So yeah, I'm pretty into it now. I wasn't a few months ago, but I am now. Can you build walls yet? Oh shit! (laughs) (laughs) So Adam, you're from. you're from Jericho, New York, right? So what's uh, is yeah. there anything special we should know about Jericho? Anything interesting? Any places to eat? Anything like that that you you want to uh, tell us um, about? I mean, yeah, there's some good places. That, uh, I always tell people the egg and cheese is. You know, that's kind of uh, what I always brag about when I go with, you know, my friends from Michigan, Minnesota. I always tell them, you know, the egg and cheeses are great. So I think that's the one thing I always like to brag about. Yeah, the New York Deli. So where are you on the yeah. LIE? Which exit is it? It's exit 40. So that's Suffolk County? Nassau. Nassau. Nassau? Towards the end of it. Like, uh, All right, so uh, do you prefer brun- br- uh, brunettes or blondes? Ooh, uh, <laughs> I honestly think blondes. I think blondes. Redheads? It's not a big, it's not a big, that's not a big, uh, I don't worry about that too much, but I, I think I prefer <laughs> blondes. <laughs> Uh, got, Pete? This is an easy one, I, I think. Adam, if if you don't, you know, God forbid you don't make it to the NHL, what is your fallback plan? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if, if I, uh, I thought too much about that, but I would probably want to do something in business. <laughs> you know, I don't know specifically what. I mean, that's a pretty broad thing to say. But, You'd be a business guy? Um, yeah, something within that, that field. Okay. Taking the turn down to Wall Street. Yeah, I don't think I have to worry about that. What's your favorite hot spot uh, when you go home in the summer? What's your favorite hot spot in the city? Do you go out in the city much? uh, Honestly, I don't make it out to the city too much. I've gone to the Hamptons a couple weekends when I'm home. But, you know, for some of the – just getting to the city is kind of a hassle, especially if you want to go out, like, on a Friday or Saturday because – it's a 40 minute train ride and then they come like every hour 15 past like one in the morning. So it's, you could not get home till like four 30 if you, if you miss one train or something. So <laughs> I'm actually not a big city guy, but definitely love going to the beach and, you know, out east to the Hamptons or Montauk. That, that was Mark's, Mark's excuse in the city. He uh, would miss the train so he wouldn't have to go home. Yeah. Tell my wife, oh fuck, I missed the train. I'll see you in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Show up at six in the morning. So, do you do any fishing down there? There's a lot of fishing off the uh, Long Island coast. Do you do any fishing? Yeah, there? a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It depends who I'm hanging out with. When I'm hanging out with like my friends who live on the water, you know, love doing that. I I'll go fishing, but you know, sometimes I'll just you know go on the beach, not even not fish, just hang out, just chill with. You know, some friends that, that don't do that. So, so uh, it depends who I'm hanging out with, for sure. Well, perfect, man. Well, thanks for coming on. I uh, appreciate you coming on and talking with us for a little bit. And uh, hopefully we can get you on maybe in the middle of the season and see how you guys are doing at Harvard. Yeah, for sure. That sounds great. Uh, thanks for having me. It's fun. Hey, man, good, good luck. luck. We'll see yeah, you up here in the North Country when you play Clarkson in St. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hopefully Harvard coming out with a win, though. <laughs> we just want it like 12 or 6 6 or 12 sticks yeah yeah that's fine that's fine that's that I can do alright Adam thanks a lot man alright uh, yeah no problem good luck time, man. Yep. Yeah. Bye. Fox with us on the Crimson the uh, 
Harvard and the Carolina Carolina prospect. He's uh, seems like a pretty humble guy, like a lot of our guests, especially the younger guests. They seem to uh, be very humble in where they are. I mean, if you look at this guy, um, you know, when I asked him about what his goals were, I mean, it's it's almost amazing to look at an All-American as a freshman. It's really hard to do, especially as a defenseman. Um, you know, there's only a few slots that, that are getting that award. So, you know, if you're a freshman and you're beating out all of the upperclassmen for an All-American, I mean, in the whole nation, I guess that's just the East the way hockey does it. But, you know, that's still a huge feat as a freshman. You think about it coming in, you know, from the National Development Program and being able to step up and be one of the best defensemen in college hockey your first year. And he repeated that again uh, last year. So, I mean, he's, if you look at his, his other stats, so like, I mean, he's pretty much won every award that he's going to win, except for like a Hobie Baker. So um, this guy's the real deal defenseman. Um, I think we're going to see him in the NHL pretty soon. I don't think he's going to have to worry about that Harvard degree right away.